0: Please turn in our Bibles to 1st John chapter 4. 1st John chapter 4. We are looking at verses 2 and 3, but I do want to start in verse 1. The thought begins there when the Apostle John writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Remember again that we looked at this and we understood the Apostle John telling us not to be gullible. Amen? He's saying, listen, it doesn't matter if they say, thus saith the Lord, you better check it out and see if that is the Lord speaking. You know, don't don't let fancy words persuade you. Amen? You allow the Spirit of God inside of you, talking to you, let you know what is for you. Sometimes people get up and they'll minister a word that was for them. It wasn't really for you, <laughs> okay? And I, I, we had an individual like that, especially I remember one individual, that, you know, this person would get a revelation, and then they would tell everybody, it's nobody here, by the way, okay, they would tell everybody that that's, this is what the Lord wants everybody to do. And I know several of us would look at each other and think, no, we know where you're at right now, and that's what the Lord needs you to do. <laughs> Amen. Hello, okay? <laughs> you Test the spirits, you know, sometimes you know in, they're sincere, and, and I mean, he's not talking about those people. But let me just share this with you while we're on the topic. You know, sometimes people are sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. Amen. I'm just letting you know, okay? But the people that the Apostle John are talking about are actual are people that are on purpose, purposefully. Let me put it that way: are people that are purposefully leading Christians astray, and that's why he says because many false prophets. Remember, false prophets are people that seemingly talk on on behalf of God. Seemingly are the voice of God. That's what makes them prophets. What makes them false is God's not behind them. (laughs) Okay? All right. And so he says here do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, we dealt with that in some detail, so I really don't want to go back over that. Verse 2, he says, By this you know the Spirit of God, that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Now, listen, I, I, I spoke to you about this before, and I said we will get to some examples, and we will get there today. Because we did in the morning. So we'll get, okay, all right, okay. But this isn't about somebody just saying, oh yeah, we know Jesus is Lord. See, and then that would just throw everybody. Christians, you know, have crisis of faith because the Bible said, you're not meant to be able to say that without the spirit of God and just, uh, you know, spite you, they tell you. And I remember to this day, somebody actually preaching this to me and said, you know, brother, Unless somebody has the spirit of God on them, they can't utter these words. And then I heard people saying stuff like this, and they had nothing to do with the spirit. And that really threw me for a curve. Do you know why? Because people don't study what the Apostle John said. Listen, if that's all what he was saying, it, you know, the, we really would should skip through these two verses because we know that's not true. And I'm going to prove it to you today. But what we do find out is that this is a very bad translation this isn't talking about you just making a confession this is talking about what you teach what you preach the core value of that you can't teach and preach this stuff as core values without the spirit of god you can speak words i mean i know today professional christians that can say hallelujah praise the lord and go home and beat their family I'm serious, I know people, okay? I'm <laughs> not here, okay? But you know what I'm trying to say? L- listen, people can say all sorts of things. Yeah, they're lying spirits, and people they lie. Do you understand? So we're not talking about that. We are talking about when somebody gets up and ministers or talks or teaches you something, if it doesn't have this core value that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He is. All man, all God. We, we saw this in First Timothy chapter two, verse five. Let me quickly uh, read that verse to you, where the Apostle Paul said, "For there is one God and one mediator between God and man." See, this was Job's issue. Job, remember Job? Everybody knows, okay? For all the wrong reasons. Anyway, <laughs> I redeem Job a little bit, man. But you know, Job said there is a problem that there is no mediator between God and man. Somebody that can speak on behalf of man, but can speak to God as God. Amen. Because ever since we fell, see, we were able to do that without any problem in the beginning. Because remember again, God created us in his own image and likeness to talk to him. We were in God's image, likeness on his level. That's why, you know, it has, a lot of it has been restored to us. And remember again, I said we're not restored back to that position because that position is taken now. We are restored to a higher position than that seated at the right hand of God and in Christ Jesus. Praise God. That's a much higher position. And we have the mind of Christ, which, which brought back our ability to talk to God. Are you all with me? But the time that man fell, he, there was a huge separation between fallen man and a perfect God. Are you with me? And so that's why Job was saying, I have a huge problem here. How can I be justified? You know, there's, I need a mediator to stand between me and God. And that's why the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy in relation to that. He says, there is one God. There is one mediator between God and man. Remember, the man, Christ, Jesus. You know, normally you say Jesus Christ, but in this case he says Christ Referring to his deity. Do you know what this verse actually says? He says there's one mediator between God and man. The man, God, Jesus. Remember Jesus is all man, all God. Not half and half. He is all man, all God. That's why if they preach anything other than that, they're taking something away from you. Remember again, the all man part of Jesus can talk to you. He relates to you as a person, as a human being. But then he can turn around to God and speak to God as God. (laughs) Amen. We we would all fail in that respect. Do you know why he can do that? Because in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Hallelujah. He knew the Father from the very beginning. And when we preach those verses, we understood that Jesus knew or the Son knew the Father in an intimate way in that they knew everything about each other. Amen. That's a person that can talk on your behalf and get you off. <laughs> okay, amen. That's why it talks about, you know, we, we looked at in this particular epistle that he's, that he's our advocate. Remember that? That he's our defense counsel. Whenever we make a mistake, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. Are you getting this now? All right. So <clears throat> let's move on to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6, which is where we left off. Which gave us even further evidence of Jesus being God and man here. It says, who being in the form of God. Philippians two six. It says, who being in the form of God. I want you to remember that phrase. All right. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We could preach on that, but not today. Right? Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon himself or him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. I want you to remember that. So I want you to remember verse 6. The form of God, being in the form of God, because he is God, okay? And then he was made in the likeness of man because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Are you getting this? Okay? And he says, verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, uh, he humbled himself, I'll slow down, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now we understand that that's the reason why he needed to be a man. He needed to die for the sins of man. As a perfect man, because a perfect man gave it all up, a perfect only a perfect man could get it all back. Amen. And so he became man so that he could do that. He could die for man. Do you understand now? But if we, if we then say, okay, so we can, we, oh, yeah, that benefits us. So we, <laughs> so we say, yes, yes, we, we believe that Jesus was a man. Uh, would you believe that he is God or I wouldn't go that far? Well, if you don't, then you're not going at all. You see, again, we come back to this problem where you have to accept that he was all man and all God. Because that's the doctrine that John is talking about here. He's saying if anybody teaches anything other than this, if they teach it, they're of God. If they don't teach it or deny it in some way, they're not of God. We'll we'll see some, some other things now in a moment that express that. So that's why the Apostle John said it was so important that anyone teaching anything other than Jesus as the incarnate Son of God, even though they may say other acceptable things about Jesus, you know, people say, well, you know, we know Jesus was a good guy. He was a good man. He was a prophet. You need to say, well, it's a funny thing. Then he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Well, do you think he lied? Well, brother, <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, man. I mean, you need to, either he lied or he was telling the truth. And if he was telling the truth, you better do something about it. <laughs> Amen? All right. Okay. Where was I? <clears throat> So let me reread this. So again, that's why the Apostle John said it was so important that anyone teaching anything other than Jesus Christ as the incarnate Son of God should be kept well away from because they are clearly not of God. In fact, any and every departure from biblical revelation concerning Christ opens itself up to demonic spirits of deception because it sets aside the authority and complete trustworthiness of God's Word. See, this is something a lot of people don't realize and the reason why the Apostle John was so successful he understood that, you know, to become liberal, so to speak, in some things. Yeah, well, we, we don't want to get too excessive with that stuff. You open the door to stuff. Because everything begins small. Have you all noticed? The devil tempts you in little ways. The, the worst criminal today didn't wasn't born that way. <laughs> okay? You don't ever see a little baby picture up there. And say today, a really bad criminal was born. If you see this baby in nappies, stay away from it. It will shoot you. No, <laughs> Okay? It does not know nothing. It's just sitting there and it's just like a blank page. It's saying to its parents, you make me whatever you want me. And then you'll be responsible <laughs> one way or the other. Whatever you sow, you reap. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? So, but understand something. They never started like that. If they end up, a certain, and it's not always a parent's fault. Uh, let me stop there. Okay, it's not that. All right, you know there's influences out there, and you know that's the reason why it's really important that you understand what influences that your kids have in their life as well. Are you with me? Okay, but okay, enough of that for now. But get back in, getting, getting back to this. You need to understand something. Do I need to speak on that some more? All right, Lord. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to this. You need to understand that whenever you depart from anything other than the truth it will open the door for things to come in that are ungodly can i say that and those things will start to persuade you in little ways until at the end you are doing gigantic things that you would have never dreamt that you would do over here but because it's just the next little thing along can i say it in a positive way in the same way when the when when god tempts you to prayer When he tempts you to do something good, do it. It'll be something small. And you think, well, what's the point in doing that? Just do it. Because the next time he asks you something, you've got that under your belt now. You have some experience. And so he'll ask you to do the next little thing. And you'll go, oh, okay, that's not so hard. So you'll do the next little thing. You won't recognize yourself in a year. You will be doing things that you just go, wow, I never thought I would do that. In a positive way. Amen? Amen. Because you started really tiny. And somebody else goes, how can you do that? I don't know. It was, just this. it was the next little thing to do. Amen. All right. Getting back to this. We're talking about being deceived. <laughs> okay. So, in other words, in the same way that the Holy Spirit testifies to the nature of the Son, demon spirits distort and deny the humanity of The and excuse me, the humanity and deity of Christ. So the Holy Spirit will testify to all of this. He will let you know. You're at your worst points. He will let you know that Jesus is still Jesus in this moment in time for you. Is easily touched by the feelings of your infirmities. He understands what you're going through. You talk to him and you say, "Lord, I'm so sorry. I don't. I should have known better." And he goes, "I understand. Listen." Because he was here, tempted on all points, yet without sin. Hallelujah, thank God. <laughs> okay? So he can, he, you know, but he can understand. And you need to understand that he can understand. And so you can speak to him and don't be afraid of him. Some people think, oh, I don't want to go talk to God because, you know, dear God, I don't know what all will happen. Lightning ball come down and go, you, you know, God says, you did what? And that's the end of you. We don't see you at church anymore, you know. <laughs> okay, bearing you. Okay, listen. That stuff you need to understand that that's why Jesus Christ is so incredible. Why you can have him as your best friend and why he can understand everything you are going through. All right. So the Holy Spirit will testify to that nature, but demon spirits will come and do this to a person, and I've seen this happen. And again, you know, I want to bring this. Can, I I want to bring this to life to you. Okay. Is that all right? Otherwise, there are two verses that you look and go, let's skip to the fourth verse. We all like the fourth verse. Who cares about these two? These are very important verses. Okay. I've seen the opposite happen where people will come to me all guilt ridden and they've done something wrong and they're thinking, Oh my gosh, I did this stuff. I'm, you know, I call myself a man of God and I've done this thing. How could I do that? How can God ever forgive me? Do you see this now? Because demon spirits begin to work on your mind and say, are you going to take this to a perfect God? He's not going to understand. Besides that, you knew what you were doing and you still did it. There's no excuse for that. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's how demon spirits work. Then you come to church and I get up and say, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just, (laughs) and you go, oh yeah, I forgot to do that. Because they'll never tell you that. Because they want to distort everything. They want to distort the fact that Jesus is all man. They'll they'll just say, well, he is God. How can you justify yourself in front of God? And then you carry this guilt around when it only takes a moment. On the other side, I've also seen this happen. Remember the distortion. Well, Jesus was a man. He understands. I can do all of these things and he'll just forgive me anyway because he was a man. He gets it. He was tested. I'm tested. I failed. He did Never mind. He'll understand. (laughs) Get this. You have to at that point in time remember he's also God. He knows when you're weaseling your way out, <laughs> okay? Just that's why we say be honest. When I go to God and I've got a problem, I'll tell him. Do you know what that means? That if I uh, can I be honest with you guys and share something with you that hopefully will help you. That means if there's something that you know you want to do, that you're thinking, maybe I shouldn't do. <laughs> okay? You need to, you can't say to God, now God, I know I'm not meant to do it. I won't do it. It's okay. And inside you're thinking, oh, maybe there's a way around it. And you, don't do that. Just say, God, I'm looking for an excuse to do it. Help me. <laughs> Seriously, man. Th- that's what I mean. Be honest. See, we don't know how to be honest like this. I just say, God, you got another five days? It's gone in five. can you and about a hundred angels probably have to clean this up if I go do it can you stop let me know talk to me see now I'm really being honest it is that's why Jesus said be hot be cold don't be lukewarm don't play games with him remember he's still God do you get the balance now amen okay hope so that's all in these verses aren't they great verses I love these verses okay (laughs) praise God Where was I? All right. So, can I reread this? Because this is really important. So, in the same way that the Holy Spirit testifies to the true nature of the Son, demon spirits distort and deny the humanity and deity of Christ. And why the Apostle John says again, now you understand that every spirit that does not confess, can I say this, can I say it a different way? Every spirit that does not teach, that does not um, preach as a core value, That Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Did you get that now? If they teach you or talk to you. You understand when I say preach, I don't mean get up behind the pulpit and preach. Do you know people preach to you all the time? Well, let me tell you what I think. Well, now they're preaching to you. You know, at work, (laughs) wherever you go. You know, people who are opinionated, opinionated, you know, those kind of people, they're preaching all the time. They don't take up an offering, but dear God, They preach. Let me give you a piece of my mind. They're about to preach. Get it? Okay, all right. Now, I said this before, and so just as a side note, from everything we've learned, you understand now what the Apostle John means, right? And I want to show you, from everything we've learned, we can now understand that when the Apostle John said that every spirit that confessed that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, he definitely did not mean that just saying the words, Jesus has come in the flesh, makes you of God. Okay? Because we know that the Gospels are full of incidents where demon spirits did, in fact, acknowledge Jesus as God. We're going to look at one. told you I go look at it. Mark chapter 1. Turn there, please. Or up there, wherever. Mark chapter 1. We're going to be reading from verses 23 through 25. And then we're going to go to Mark chapter 3 after this. So Mark chapter 1, verse 23. It says, Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. We all know this is not a godly spirit. Can we all acknowledge that? Okay, alright. This is a bad spirit. And he cried out. Verse twenty-four, saying, "Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know that you are the Holy One of God." Talk about somebody that knew somebody was in the that was in the flesh was from God. He's acknowledging that this is. I'm going to show another scripture in just a minute that will just seal the deal. But do you, can you see this? Just say, saying those words didn't get the demon saved. And if they said that stuff, they said, "We know Jesus is the Holy One. We, we, if we didn't have the right teaching, would freak out." Who we said, "Well, the Bible said you can't say that stuff." Can I say what it, what they would never do? They would never teach as a doctrine, as a core value, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Get it? Whatever comes out of their mouth will be lies, and it will twist that truth somehow. Further to this, it actually goes on to say in Mark chapter 3 and verse 11. I love this verse. It says, and the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him. The unclean spirits, whenever they saw him. Do you understand this is any time, all the time. The unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out saying, listen, you are the son of God. Wow. That would really mess up people's theology. I'm telling you now. You understand now. Amen? It's not you. You are wise now. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay? <laughs> when <they laughs> That's why Jesus always said, shut up and get out. You know when he said, be quiet and come out of him? Did I read that? I didn't read that. In Mark chapter 1, verse 25, it says, but Jesus rebuked him and said, be quiet and come out of him. See, Jesus didn't ever mess with them. He didn't say, oh, you know who I am. See? You know, to all those Pharisees and everybody that was saying, oh, we don't think you are. Hello? Even the devils are, you know, you're, even they're not as dumb as you. (laughs) Could have been what he said, but he didn't. Notice he never has a conversation with the devil. He just turns around and says, you know, in my language, he says, shut up, get out. Amen. End of story. Move on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's return to 1 John chapter 4, continuing on to the latter half of verse 3. Remember again that the first half of verse 3 was actually a continuation from verse 2. That's why I read them together. It should have been one sentence. I don't know why they broke it up. Anyway, going on to the second half of verse 3, which is another sentence. He says, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is now already in the world. See, he's talking about the spirit of Antichrist. These are not just normal unbelievers. I said this to, this to you before. This is the reason why he said, be careful of these people. Because there's a spirit of Antichrist on them. These are not just people that say, well, we don't know what we believe, blah, blah, blah. These are people that will tell you, let me tell you what the truth is, and it will be a lie. And they're trying to convince you, and they're trying to convince the masses of something that is not true. Are you with me? Wherever that is, and we talked about that last time. To begin with, from an overall perspective, Thomas F. Johnson says that the author's reference to the spirit of antichrist maintains the theme of contrast in this section between the spirit of God and a spirit or spirits not from God. Here it is, the spirit of antichrist. Later, it is the one who is in the world, that's in verse 4, and the spirit of falsehood, that's in verse 6. We'll look at those when we get to them. This is further evidence that the opponents... Okay, that is those who are opposing God's word, all right, are in fact the children of the devil. Get it? So this takes us back again to what the Apostle John said in First uh, 1 John 3:10, where he let us know in no uncertain terms that he was in no way addressing unbelievers in general. That's why I said, be careful how we talk to an unbeliever, because a lot of them are just a step away from becoming Christians. You know, and people that have had extreme doctrines that are wrong have gone and looked at them and said you're of the devil get away from me you unclean thing hang on dude you're trying to you need to save the dude not get away from him amen the people you stay away from aren't those people they are the people that are in influencing those people to stay away from you that's what you have to watch out for get it okay <clears throat> so they're not so again, he, has, he was in no way addressing unbelievers in general or even back Christians, but those who had literally sold out to the devil and didn't want to know the truth. Amen? All right. In fact, these are the very people. I'm going to show you a verse that we went past before that will really mean a great deal more to you now. These are the people that the Apostle John had already warned us about in 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. Remember when he said, they went out from us? But they were not of us. This is First John 2:19. He said, "They went out from us. Watch this, but they were not of us. Do you get this now? He is talking about pe- these are not just, you know, disgruntled Christians. These are people whose core belief was not the word of God. It was something foreign and it was damaging. That's why he says, and you know, I never got this until as I started studying all of this, when he said, they went out from us because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. He's saying, listen, the, pro- the reason they left was because every time the Apostle John got up to preach or minister or somebody you know, from his camp be- began to minister, they would sit there and disagree with it all. And then they would go and talk to other people about why it was wrong. Now, we know the Apostle John said this, but you know, he didn't know everything. We have a greater revelation. Let's tell it to you. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Okay. Do you understand? They're not of us. And you know what? Those people, you need them to leave. Just saying. And that's why it says, "But but they went out that they might be made manifest. Okay. So everybody could see that none of them were of us. Do you get this now? When he says they weren't of us, it means that they didn't believe in the core values that we believe in. You know, we'll always have differences doctrinally. Can I just say that? But there are some things we all have to agree on. That when Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through him. We have to agree on that. You know, if we don't agree on that, now we have a problem. (laughs) Okay? Now, if we agree on that. And then we get on to things like, well, brother, I don't think we should be talking in tongues. or I don't know about the prosperity. Okay, all of that other stuff we can fix later. We just need to know, do you know Jesus? Is he Lord of your life? Do you understand Romans 10, 9? That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You all know that. If you know that, we're good. If we're having problems with that, we got a problem. Both of us have a problem now okay (laughs) amen all right and i won't go any further than that in his commentary i howard marshall writes the spirit which john condemns is that of the antichrist it is a sign of the last days listen to this the final rebellion of evil against jesus christ Do you know why this is so important that everything that is going on right now is building an army just as much as god is building his army so is the devil that's why this teaching is very relevant for right now. Because we need to understand that armies are being built. Which army are you in? Amen. You know, some people say, Well, I'm in the army of the Lord. What do you believe? And they don't believe anything. That's, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay, <laughs> all right. Wrong army, dude. Wrong army. All right. <laughs> so, again, it is a sign of the last days and the final rebellion of evil against Jesus Christ. The readers already knew from the teaching of Jesus to expect this to happen. Now it was already in the world exercising its evil influence. The Apostle Paul brings out something similar in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We like VeggieTales. Who's seen vegetables? Do we, do we like Larry? It's Thessalupians to him. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, not 2nd not Thessalonians, it's 2nd Thessalonians, right? chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, and then verses 7 through 10, when he talks about the man of sin, or literally the man of lawlessness, referring to the Antichrist. And he says there, I'm reading in 2nd Thessalonians 2, 3, he says, Let no one deceive you by any means. Notice it always comes back to that, doesn't it? Always says, please be careful that you are not deceived. Do you know why they keep saying that? Because so many are being deceived. And it's coming in ways that we don't realize. Do you understand that the way that you can be deceived, the only way, hopefully, (laughs) the only way that you can be deceived, if you think it's the truth. Only then, you know, if you know somebody was lying to you, you wouldn't listen. There's no way for you to be deceived. So whenever they say, don't be deceived, they're saying, listen, somebody might come to you and start talking to you about stuff that you might say, well, that makes sense. Listen, if it's not God, don't be deceived. Don't listen. No, I've always said said this, you know the best remedy for not being deceived? Don't be there. Excuse yourself and walk away. Nicely, but (laughs) they can't deceive you if you're not there. Deception requires an audience. (laughs) Is this, okay, I know this is basic, but you need to get this. Sometimes we, you know, we think, oh, we need to be nice and hang around. And the more they talk, the more confused you become just go say you got to make a call do something god will forgive you <laughs> i lied yeah better than being deceived amen i'm just letting you know amen okay so he says let no one deceive you by any means for the for that day will not come now this is again unless the falling away comes first this phrase falling away isn't what so many people have preached because they never really looked at it in the original text the original text has not just falling away but it actually has the phrase catching away do you understand that this is talking about the rapture now if you look at that and i'll explain it to it now the sentence will make sense okay listen And I'll explain it to you. He says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come. That's the day when the devil is going to do all the stuff he's going to talk about. Okay, he's going to make his throne, go into the temple of God and become as God, all that stuff. Okay, that day. That day will not come until, can I rephrase it? The catching away comes first. In other words, while there are Christians here, the devil can't do anything. Do you know why? Because we are God's mouthpiece in this earth. Because we can pray and change things, or should be, amen, are you with me? so he can't reveal his antichrist, he can't do any of this until we go so that's what this is talking about when he says, unless the falling away or the catching away first and the and, and the man of sin is revealed, the Son of perdition, only then will there he be revealed, who opposes watch this now and exalts himself above all that is god or all that is called god or that is worshiped can i can i reread that a different way a little bit okay can i put the word opposes with the sentence and then okay watch what it says who opposes all that is god or all that is called god and exalts himself above all that is called god can i say that can you see that can you see that he opposes all that is called god and he exalts himself above all that is called God. Watch now. All that is worshiped. So that, watch, he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I wish I could preach on this stuff because this is end times. This is awesome things. But anyway, <laughs> verse 7. Let's jump down there. It says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. See, what's that restraining? It doesn't make any sense if, see, they all say, well, that, you know, that, that's just God. But it does, it's not just God. It's the church here. Remember that we are the temple of God. Remember that we are the body of Christ. We are him in this earth. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Did we not know? We know. Okay, we know. Okay. We need to be happy about that. Okay. The Apostle John says, now are you the children of God? Okay, you are right now God's children. Do you get it that God's children are a real pain to the devil? Do you get it that until they get out of the way, he can't do anything? Because God's kids are in this earth, causing him all kinds of grief. Hallelujah. (laughs) Okay. And it says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. So notice it, it, it agrees with what the Apostle John was saying as well. That it's already working now, but he says only he now who restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Somebody said, well, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never leave this earth. Did you know that? He better not because there's going to be mass evangelism as soon as we go. 144,000 Jews, I told you, I, don't know, I want to preach on this stuff. But anyway, 144,000 Jews, as far as we know, are going to get saved straight away. They're not Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> okay, I know they think they are, but it ain't. They're going to see something and they're going to realize, remember how many tribes? There is going to be a conversion. That's not the Holy Spirit. Okay, that, because he's always going to be here. Anybody makes a decision, they're going to become new creatures. That will never change. Because Jesus died, that miracle is always available to anybody who wants it at any time. Did you get that? So he needs to be here. The spirit of Christ, as he's also known as, needs to be here. Because his job is to convic- convince or convict the people of this one sin. Do you know that's what his conviction is? Receive Jesus as Lord? He said, well, I thought he convicts us of all other sins. No, no, no. He's one thing. Because once you're in, then you can talk to God. God can talk to you or somebody will get to you. <laughs> okay, let me just say that. And he will work at that. You know, it is the Holy Spirit that is a counselor and all sorts of things, that a guide and so on and so forth. He lets you know when you're doing something off, you know, lets you know all those things. But the thing is that the first thing you need to do is come to Christ. That's the first thing. So he has to be here. And in verse 8 it says, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. I like this verse. Amen? And destroy with the brightness of his coming. Verse 9, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. And all power signs, and watch this, lying wonders. Did you get all of that? Power signs and lying wonders, okay? They're not truth. And with all unrighteous uh, deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. See, it was there for them. And they said, no, thank you. You went, you ministered to them, and they said, we don't want any of that stuff. We have other thoughts about that. And you're saying, but this is the truth. Yeah, that's your truth. As a very notable uh, theologian said, evil reveals itself in false teaching. Do you get that? Evil reveals itself in false teaching. It can say a lot of stuff. It can speak fancy words. But when it comes to core things, it will reveal itself. You'll know. Amen? Okay, that's why Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. All right, to conclude, and we're finishing now. Right? Sorry. To conclude, John MacArthur in his commentary says the same demonic deception that will work to produce the final world ruler who rules as the false Christ is always actively seeking to distort Jesus Christ's true nature, perverting the gospel. The final Antichrist will not be something new. This is incredible. Listen. But will be the ultimate embodiment of all the antichrist spirits that have perverted the truth and prop- propagated satanic lies since the beginning. Did you get all of that? Let me explain it. Just take a minute. He's saying nothing new is coming. It's already here. What we're going to see is all of it come together in one person. That is going to that's why he's going to have an army already there. Get it? So it's all going to come together in this individual that is going to rally all of these people that have these thoughts that believe in this. And so will begin that last season of history. And I won't go into it because I'll preach on it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So do you get why the Apostle John is saying, listen, I am seeing it even now that the devil is gathering his forces. He is influencing the hearts and the minds. And he tries to get at them when they're kids in school. Tell them that there's no God. It's all about science. It's all about evolution. It's all about this, about that. Because if they can take him away in that direction, then you can put anything in their head. Absolutely. Are you all with me? See, that's so the Apostle John is saying, I'm seeing it already. I've already, always said this to you. Real science proves God exists. Real science. Do you know why? <laughs> it's, it's showing up all over the place. Because every time you go far and deep enough, you find get God's handprint on the thing. You find that something couldn't exist until it, unless it all came together at once. It could not. It was impossible for things to evolve. They all had to be put together at once to get going. And that's why they're, you know these creationists, they're not creationists. They're just scientists who learn the truth. I don't know why, they hate being called that. Do you know why? Because they said, listen, we're scientists. We just acknowledge we're not doing this wrong. And some of them just came from a totally neutral background. They just said, we are seeing something in our science that's telling us there's somebody behind all of this. And one one particular individual said, I better go find out who this person is. And, (laughs) And went through every different religion in the world. Every single, that was the kind of person he was. He has about six doctorates or something. And guess what? He came to the conclusion. This is the only one that's right. Incredible, isn't it? And he thought, hmm, since I now know this is the right one, what does it say about what we need to do? And he found out that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I better do that now. (laughs) And he became a Christian. And people said, oh, he's, he's teaching all this stuff because he's a creationist. Hey, hey, hey. He was a normal scientist without bias and came to the conclusion that there is a God and I better get right with him. Amen. Amen. But all of this evil will push him to the side and say, oh, that is a religious creationist scientist. Don't listen to him. The spirit of Antichrist. Get it? Amen. Okay, let's leave it there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We will go on to verse 4 next week. Amen. (laughs) Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all the wisdom, the revelation, and the insight that we have received. I thank you, Father, that we take none of this lightly. These are some core things that we are learning that will help us in every area of our life. Because all of this applies to everything we do and who we are. And Father, as we learn more and more of this, we are learning what to stay away from, how to grow our faith, how to get to the place where we can move mountains. Or as the Apostle John is saying, you are in the next verse, you are of God, Little children have overcome them. How to become overcomers in this life. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, that as we take these steps, as we learn, as we grow, we become the people that you designed and destined for us to be from the very beginning. More than conquerors. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen.